What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Chantrice, and you are tuned in to Battle of the Sexes, Unapologetically Unfiltered. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, people. Uh, welcome to the Battle of the Sexes podcast. Um, I don't know what time you downloaded this, but we already know you subscribed, so I just want to give you the, the, the salutations, if you will, of welcoming to you bitch yeah okay then you gonna introduce yourself oh yeah let me introduce myself uh my name is chris moore um they call me light-skinned honcho they don't really call me that but that's just my that's just what i like to call myself it's an alter ego it's like we call you that sometimes it's like beyonce and sasha fierce don't nobody really call her sasha fierce but you know it works yeah we get it we get it Hey man, we doing it for the side. This your boy Dr. Trill in this motherfucker. Hey, that was my pimp C impersonation, man. I'm, I'm trying to get this shit down packed though. You know what I mean? But it's your boy Tonyo in the building, man. AKA Dr. Trill. Hey, I, I you know what I might I might Dr. Trill you now. You no, dig what I'm talking about? Hey man. The man of a thousand nicknames. <laughs> right. Yellow boy Tonyo. Hey, you dig. And it's me, Chantrice. I am Chantrice. Should I start saying that? I mean, that's my IG name. I, I'm, I'm still looking for a moniker. I need a moniker. Hmm. You could be Chantrice with a C. No. You could be YG Treacy. But YG, I mean. I don't know what the YG stands for. It just, you come up with I that. Just, I just think of YG when I hit, what up, blood? Oh, no. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with that shit that he just said. I don't even so, know what that means, bro. Um, is that why you be wearing red all the time, Tony? Nah, man. Aiden, I am not a blood. I am not in no type of gang activities. Okay, just no, I'm just talking to the artist YG. You know what I'm saying? When he said something about YG, it made me think It made me think of uh, Bump, that nigga. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no. Um, and no, to Tracy, everybody can't call me Tracy. Everybody don't. Had the privilege to call me Tracy. So. Oh, Mm-mm. nah, fam. So like white privilege is Tracy privilege. What? You know how people say white privilege, black privilege. People got Tracy privilege. Um, Only certain people can call you that. Yeah, I mean it just don't sound right when certain people call me Tracy. Just like people that I'm used to calling me Tracy, it don't sound right when they call me Chantrice. I mean it's just one of them things. But I prefer my closest people calling me Tracy, not just. People I don't know. Absolutely. Even when we off the radio, I don't even know what I call you. What I call you? Well, you really on the radio, but yeah. Hey, one day I we like, gonna talk I, that shit I, into hey, existence. Like one day that. we gonna be there. We I gonna like, be there. I was about to say I, I like the sound of that though. But um, you call me Chantrice now. I do. I call you Chris. You know what was funny though? My mama called you by your nickname. She asked about you. I ain't gonna say that nickname, but we she, already established it. It's it's Dip. No, we never did tell people that. I just told him that you liked Dipset, but we didn't say that I used to call you Dip. But oh. yeah, so my mama was like, how Dip doing? And I saw he posted. <laughs> when she said that, I laughed because I was like, oh, damn, I don't call him that no more. The funniest thing is like when you, when one of your homeboys called me that. like, Right. It was right. weird. Right. That shit do be funny. When they be like Dip, I was like. They hear that shit so damn what they probably thought it was a damn name. <laughs> <laughs> what is dip short for? Right, exactly, exactly. But okay, y'all. So 
We're going to go ahead and get into this episode. And this week's episode, what we wanted to do was give y'all something a little different. You know, y'all have heard us talk about dating and y'all heard us talk about some sex. So we do want to, you know, kind of make sure that we are touching on a variety of topics because we're not just limited as individuals to just dating and sex. There's more substance to us. And we know that y'all want to hear something, you know, that is more realistic too to, you know, other areas of your life. So this week we're going to be talking about, we'll get into it, y'all will see. But first, while we were in the midst of that, we did not welcome back Chris. So I guess this is the time for us to say, Chris, welcome back. We missed you last episode, buddy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Out there back. honeymooning it up and, you yeah. know. Unfortunately, but- I missed the wedding, man. You you, you got to tell me about it, man. Hey, what, what's the feeling like? Did you did you get cold feet while you were walking down the aisle? Nah, I didn't get no cold feet. He um, had a damn water bucket rolling down his face. Waterworks is in full effect. Um. <laughs> I was going to lie and say, hey, my eyes were sweating and all that kind of you stuff. You couldn't lie about that one, buddy. I legit cried. Like, um, and even I got when it I, on film. Okay, that's enough. Um, <laughs> even when I walked down the aisle, it was just like overwhelming. Like I saw so many people from Atlanta. I saw all my friends, my family. So it was like starting then. And then when mm-hmm. I got up to the stairs, to the altar or whatever, um, it when I saw her, it was just like done. Mm-hmm. I was done for. But the wedding was amazing. Yeah, Honeymoon made was amazing. Me shed a thug tear up there hey, bro, you got to let that thug go. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it was one of the best days of my life. Um, it was fun. Like, What did you actually finish. feel when they say, you may not kiss your bride? <laughs> that was a whole act in itself. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, had to, I had two best men. So one of them I grabbed some chapstick from. And then the other one I popped a mint with. So I got the mint. Actually, had to split the mint in half to make sure that her breath was fresh as well. <laughs> I mean, this is true. He did that. So yeah, um, and then it happened. And it, for me, in that moment, it was like it's real. It's official. Like we are married in real life. So it's it's been great. It's it's definitely an adjustment um, because we never lived in the same city, let alone in the same household. So. It's interesting day by day. It's that honeymoon phase right now, but then we also have the moments like, man, we're really married. So it's cool. I love it. Yeah, and for y'all that might have not caught that, Chris has relocated. So he's not here in Atlanta on a everyday basis with us anymore. You know, he makes his brief guest appearances with us here in Atlanta. So, you know, sometimes we will have, you know, guest hosts to sit in for Chris when he's unable to be here physically with us. But but my nigga going to be here, man. My nigga drive five hours just to come do this goddamn show, man. So that mean he love us or does that just mean he love the listeners? Who you love more, Chris? I love my people because I loved y'all before we even had listeners. You're right. Aw, I hey, never buddy. heard Chris say that. He done got a little sauce since he done got married. First of all, Show, I said y'all. I didn't say you. Showed you how to teach you uh, the, the show your emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the little uh, red cup over here. Yeah, y'all know we always got a red cup when we're recording. And sometimes I don't know if Tonio should have a red cup, but he hey, has one too. Yeah, did. And so what we drinking today? I think we tell them every episode, so we might as well tell them this time. What we drinking on? What did it uh the- Bel Air looks the white <laughs> bottle. Tonio is like 
I, I told y'all he gone already. <laughs> already. That was before he started drinking. My body and, here, but my mind is somewhere else, goddammit. I don't know, but we we trying to bring it all in tune back to one. <laughs> and this motherfucker is separated right now. I'm having an out-of-body experience in, on this podcast. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, let's get into this week. Wait, you got to tell what you got in your cup. We all got the same thing. Oh, that's right. So, I think Chris in the, in the same call with Yeah, I'm having an out of body experience I mean, too then, brother. I think you might have just poured more than what I got, but we all drinking the, the Bel Air Champagne and a, a little, well, mine just has a little dab of Grand Marie, and Chris probably has a whole two, three shots and then orange and juice. Like and that's what he's saying is I'm refilling my cup. So, getting into this episode this week, I think, you know, we should start by kind of maybe a little reflection. And what I mean by that is we could kind of, let's sit here and reflect back to a couple of years back, not that many years, because we're still young, he's still pouring. Excuse no, me, wait. ladies and gentlemen. This man has ice in a champagne cup, y'all. I young. wish y'all could see this. This is like, <laughs> this is the definition of ghetto fabulous. <laughs> Straight from Allen Temple. Hey, we in this month. Hey. Okay, y'all. So, at the age of... That sweet 16 age, you know, because everybody hyped 16 up. You get there. You right. start feeling yourself. You you ain't grown yet because you really can't do shit that you didn't do when you was 15, but you start feeling yourself some. But at the same time, you know, when we were younger, we looked forward to being adults because we got tired of the adults telling us what to do and the limitations on what we could and couldn't do. And so now that we sit here as adults in our early 30s, I want to know, where did y'all envision yourselves at the age of 16? Like, at this point in life that you are at, let's start with you, Chris. Like, did you see yourself being here where you are today, if you reflect back to 16? Um, in a way. Um, when I was 16, I figured I'd be married by 25. I figured I'll have maybe one child on the way um, by 30. Um, but... I would say I am where I expected, um, not financially, um, but that's okay. That's coming. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I am where I envisioned myself. Okay. Tonio? Well, on the, on the serious note, to be honest, when I was 16, and this, I, I know I joke a lot, talk a lot of shit on this podcast. It's just on some real shit right here. When I was 16, my, my life was kind of up in shambles, you know what I mean? My daddy got killed when I was 14. So when I was 16, I honestly was at a point where I didn't even care if I lived or died, honestly. I was out here living reckless. I was rebellious. I was hurt. I was, you know, I was really going through a lot of shit behind that. And then growing up, how I grew up, you know, in the in the substandard conditions I was in far as just growing up in the hood, being around all the, the, the drugs, murder, violence, a lot of shit was going on in my household. And it was just to a point where actually I was, I didn't even really get to it. I enjoyed a childhood in the sense because I made the best of what I could make out of it. But I really grew up real fast, you know what I mean? I, I remember I remember coming home after my daddy got killed. 
Mama crying like a motherfucker in the bedroom. She don't know what the hell we going to do. We ain't had no heat in the house. Nigga taking cold baths, none of the, all this shit. And by me being, I got a brother. You know, we three months apart. I'm still the older sibling, so I never really looked, looked at it like me being old. Me and him was always on the same playing field. But I just remember thinking to myself, man, fuck this shit. I got to make some help. You know what I mean? I got to get out here and, and, and shit. I started hustling. I started goddamn, I started from selling weed. I started goddamn selling dope, selling crack. And then on, on, on top of that, my brother was on another side of town. He was goddamn doing the same thing because just in the position that we was in, how we was raised, my mama was kind of always like his mama, but me and my brother ain't got the same, the same mama. My brother mama was killed when we were three. So when my daddy got killed, shit, he was out of mama and the daddy. So, and I'm looking at it like, hey, bro, we got to really make some shit happen. You know, we were the men of the house. That's how I looked at it. And then, like, on some real shit, I know I'm getting real deep right here, but when my daddy got killed, I think he felt that shit and knew that shit was going to happen because three days before he got killed, he sat me down. It was just me and him in the car, Ryan, i never forget. I pulled him in going to summer school. They were like, it was like three days before he got killed. Got there, he picked me up. We leaving school, going home, and he just sit down and had one of them real nigga talks to me, like, "Hey, bro, I love you, I die for you, but I ain't gonna always be here. If something ever happened to me, make sure you take care of your mama and your sister. Your brother gonna be straight. Y'all niggas stick together." You know what I mean? I can't be a man for. He gave me one of them real goddamn heart to heart moments. I never forget that shit. Then when he got killed, that's all I thought about. Like, I gotta make sure we straight. So at 16, we were, I was living so reckless, and the niggas I was running with, we were doing so much shit in the street. I honestly thought I wouldn't even make it to C21. I'd either be dead or in jail, and that's just real shit. So I'm just blessed that I'm here. I'm, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm able to turn my life around because a, a lot of my niggas I lost. I got a lot of niggas who got killed. I got a lot of niggas who ain't going to never see the daylight again you know what i mean ain't ain't getting out of jail none of that shit so i already know i had i had my angel watching over me because i escaped a lot of near-death situations i escaped a lot of times with me even going going to the pen you know and i'm so i i had a different life at the age of 16 than your average kid like why a lot of times why nigga because a lot of my homies used to make jokes about Man, that nigga Tonio don't never go to school, but shit, I was in the block on, on the block in the hood hustling. Cause while a lot of niggas was in class trying to do their homework, make sure they got a good education and do this, shit, I was hustling to help my mama pay the rent. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's a lot of shit that I went through and I was dealing with at that age that your average 16 year old wouldn't did wouldn't, wouldn't have to go through. And even some of my homies, you know what I mean? Some of my homies, we we was all doing that doing that hot shit, but a lot of my homies didn't have it like me. A lot of my homies had their mama and their daddy. Shit, I didn't. You know what I mean? I was, so, I don't want to goddamn keep rambling, you know what I mean? But I just want to give y'all a taste of, you know, what, what, what the type of shit I've been through or whatnot. So, I let Chantrese right. talk about it's that. It's very real. I'm like, okay, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's real shit. And like you said, it's just a blessing 
to be, you know, at this point of life, you know, that you are at. You definitely have angels watching over you. You definitely are blessed beyond measure, beyond measure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've known Tonio since seventh grade, so I've, you know, been around. I always say, I always be telling people, Tonio is my most hood-ass friend, like, for real, for real, on some real shit. I mean, all of my friends, pretty much, we all kind of grew up in the same areas or whatnot, but, of course, the experiences are different different amongst each person Antonio for sure is my most hood ass friend you know what I mean <laughs> it was some shit about to pop off God, I don't know oh, I, can, I can hit ready. up Antonio God damn ride with you Antonio ass was ready to beat up motherfuckers in middle school Jay cut they getting on my nerves so you know <laughs> so yeah it's a blessing to be, you know, at this point. And I hope you always, you know, give glory to God for that. Always, got to, always. got to. Because I know I had so many experiences where I know for sure God is real. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I swear, I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even be here without him. Because, boy, I'm telling you, he looked out for me so much. And I'm definitely blessed. I'm definitely blessed to be here and living good, breathing mm-hmm. healthy. Got my freedom. Mm-hmm. So Amen. I'm can't pay for that freedom. I'm right. thankful for that, man. So me at the age of 16. Um, the princess. <laughs> I I wasn't. Like, I didn't have that whole princess mentality, I don't think. Did I? Um, did I? Let me see. Where did I envision myself? Kind of like Chris said. I, I thought I would be, like, married with a kid or two and, you know, all of that. So clearly I'm all the way single. I don't have any children. So that definitely I'm not there. And, you know, I'm not regretful of that in any way. I've been in, you know, relationships where I thought, oh, this might be somebody I might wind up with, this, that, and the other. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And looking back at that, I'm glad that I didn't wind up with the people that I thought I would be with, you know, because my life would be different. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Like, That's my life, too. Go ahead. Testify. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, my life wouldn't be what it is today, and I love where my life is today. I'm more happier than I think I would have been with any of the people that I, you know, thought that I might have been with, you know. And, oh, Lord, I'm so glad that I didn't have children with anybody from my past. So, you know, that's, I'm not there, but as far as everything else, like education, I saw more for myself because in my family, everybody don't, you know, really go to college and let alone grad school. I think in my immediate or closer family, I'm probably the only, I have to sit here and think about it, make sure I ain't lying. I don't want nobody to hear this later and be like, bitch, you lying. I went, you know, but I, I think I am the first or one of the first to go to grad school and get my master's degree. And not only that, that I went, you know, and I obtained that at a younger age because, you know, it's nothing wrong with getting that stuff at a later age. And, you know, it may be people in my family who completed college at um, later ages or whatnot. But like after high school, I went straight to college. After college, I got a job. I worked for a few years. Then I went to grad school. So I definitely did envision that for myself at a younger age. But it was still kind of not necessarily far-fetched, but in a way it was like, huh, is that really possible? Because I don't have that around me. You know, growing up, I didn't have that. I didn't have somebody older than me that, you know, led me in the right direction of college or, you know, grad school as far as family is concerned. So, 
you know, that in itself, I guess, was a challenge, so to speak, for me, you know, to, to go on because I had, I didn't have that guidance from anybody in my family. Like, I had my mom and my dad, of course, motivating me, pushing me, and staying on my ass about going to school. But, you know, I didn't really have them to lead me in the direction to say, okay, this is what you need to be doing, or this is what you're going to expect because they didn't go to college. So I didn't have that. But I did envision that for my life. And because I envisioned that for my life, I had to, you know, push and obtain those things in life. So, um, yeah, as far as everything else, like, I mean, I have a house now. I definitely thought I would have had one at a younger age. I got my house when I was 29, you know, in my sitting head. these three acres over here. Nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be sitting up here capping now. <laughs> I'm just trying to put it in the universe for you. You're right. Um, I'm going to have a house in the hills. So, fuck all of that. You know, fuck the Atlanta <laughs> shit. I'm going to have a house in the hills one day. But, no, like, you know, I thought at 16, like, shit, I'm like, by 25, I'm going to have all of this type of stuff. So, you know, it definitely was an experience and a journey, and I don't regret it, though. I don't look back and be like, damn, I was supposed to be here, be there. As far as financially, though, I don't really remember where I envisioned myself, per se. Like, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. I just know at the age of 16, I wanted my adult life to be more financially stable. I didn't want to have to struggle. You know, I grew up watching my parents have to struggle through finances. And I know that that's not what I wanted. So, you know, the main thing was I got to go to school. I got to get a degree. I got to get a good job and, you know, push forth with everything that, was taught that needs to be done to get to that place to not have to struggle. It's funny that you said that whole, um, you didn't have the guidance, um, because, um, in high school around 16 as well, I didn't have the guidance, not in my home at all. Um, I didn't have the mother pushing me saying, all right, what are you going to do after high school? Or, um, because of how I was acting in school, I never took, um, after high school serious. So I was thinking, you know, uh, I'll just take a year out of school, and then after that year, uh, I'll just get back into school and, you know, get my bachelor's and work my way from there. But it's so true when people said to me that uh, don't take a year out because it's hard to get back in. And um, and I tried to go back, so I did the whole on again, off again kind of thing with school. And then I finally made the decision um, about in 2017, like, all right, let's get this school thing done. Like, let's start it. Let's finish it. And right now I'm in the midst of trying to um, transfer my credits to the University of Florida and finish um, the online degree uh, with my bachelor's of arts in business administration. So uh, it's definitely interesting that you said that um, you didn't have that guidance because you have to find that push somewhere, mm -hmm. um, whether it's for me, it just came down to the point of I got to do it for me, not for my family, not for anybody else. It had to be me. I wanted to finish something that I started. And then it's funny you say that because with my situation, mine was really the complete opposite. My mama tried her best. I mean, tried her best to stay on me and to push me to do this shit. But my head, like my head was so gone from me losing my daddy that I couldn't even focus. Like, and then just for the, and that's how I know, and I tell folks, I'm like, man, I've had this experience where basically my dad was always in my life then when he was physically gone, so I know how, how it is to be in a household with one and without one. 
And the important the importance of a father figure, man, that shit is so big because really? it's a lot of shit that I probably would have did if you would have been here. Because shit, my daddy, he 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 let me get away with a lot of shit before as academically he was on my ass about that oh, shit. Yeah. I remember yeah. he came to the school and whooped on your ass. Nah, that nigga ain't whooped. <laughs> in front of the class. He whooped my ass, but that nigga cussed me out like a motherfucker. Well, we know Tonio was in trouble. We knew that much, goddamn it. We knew when we went back in that class and that little nigga sitting there red as fuck, looking mean at everybody. Everybody knew don't say nothing to Tonio. <laughs> so yeah, so I know the importance of that. So it's like Cause like your 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 mama can't put that fear in you like your daddy can. True. And then my daddy was a. That a, is true. My my daddy was a different type of nigga. Like my daddy was a real street nigga. Even though I know he wouldn't do the shit to me that he would do to have a niggas on the street, but I still had that in my mind. Like, well, if I did something wrong, he gonna fuck me up. <laughs> so it like real. So but so when he went here and my mama tried to stay on to me, I would never get on. Uh, you know, I was on some more shit. But I was thankful that I got a homeboy that I'm, um, you know, I'm close to to this day right now that, you know, they kind of took me in, you know, and his daddy was like that, that, that father figure to me, you know, he, he, he taught me a lot of shit. I learned a lot from him, you know what I mean? Even just, and they may not even know it, but at my weakest moments, they was there and made me goddamn, you know, up, uplifted me just cause I, I was so lost at that time. You know what I'm saying? So, cause my my man, I always wanted to go to college. I always wanted to go to college with my peers and do all this shit. But how my life was set up, I just, you know, and me being so young, I just couldn't goddamn make myself get to that point. You see what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't focus in school. I was focused on other shit. You know, doing everything else. But I. I think that's one of my biggest regrets. I always wanted to go to college and experience that life with my friends and shit like that. So, same because I be looking on Instagram and I see all the HBCUs and all these Greeks and stuff. I'm like, man, I really missed out on that part um, of my life. Like, I wanted to do the college thing. I wanted to go to the campus, but I just didn't have that push. Um, so, I kind of wish I went to the HBCU sometimes, though. I mean, I went to college, but I went to a PWI. That's a predominantly white institution. And the reason I did that is because, you know, I was in school with black people my whole life. So I right. did want to, you know, surround myself with diversity because I knew that later in life I needed diversity. You know, I didn't want to just be. It came into play at your current job. For sure. <laughs> it definitely came into play. So that was a good thing. Right. Um. So. How is it? How important is it to have like street smarts in comparison to the book smarts, like for yourself or just in dating or just in general? Hmm. I think that's real important to the simple fact of just say you're in a situation where you got your career going, you're making your money, you're providing for your kid. This just this just my opinion. I don't know what anybody else's opinion or outlook on it is. You got your career going. Got everything going for you where you're able to take care of your family, but something may happen at your job and you lose your job. Mm. I feel like if you don't have that street smarts, you ain't gonna know how to have that hustle that to hustle, get out here and, and to, right. to, go, to go out here and get that money when it's needed. Because mm. right. at the end of the day, nigga, Georgia Powell don't give a fuck what you're going through, you right. but they want their money every month. They want their money every single month. So I think that street smarts. Is definitely important because I know me honestly. 
And just being real, I learned everything from the streets. It's, it, it, it's very few things that I learned in school that's helping me in life right now. True. Damn near everything I learned in the streets is what helped me survive, helped me get out that jungle, and helped me just, you know, move past and move forward. You know, and, and, and me being in the streets and going through a lot of hardships, it also taught me to be strong and to never be weak, never show emotion. Never show that weakness, you know, because I I I've, I remember being at a, the lowest point in my life where I just I didn't even really give a fuck no more. But I'm like, man, how did I gotta get out of this shit? I got to get out of this shit because I can't let it defeat me. And you know, and that just unfortunately, you know, when I was young, I say probably like. I, you know, I've been at, you know, a probably a detention center here and there, but when I was 19, my first time ever going to goddamn Wright Street. My first time going to, and I never... And for the people that don't know, that is... Fulton County Jail. I went, I got locked up on Ashby, which is with Joseph E. Boone right now. I got locked up <laughs> in oh, the... Ashby. I, I, got, I got locked up in the bluff. Got there about 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was so crazy. I was, I was, I made my way home. I was already home in the house. I get a phone call. My homeboy got there, shoot himself in the goddamn leg. I leave out. We go to Grady. Leaving Grady, nigga hit my phone. I'm like, man, let me go make that one little play. I was goddamn sitting. It was on some weed or whatever. I can talk about this shit right now. I ain't doing none of this shit right now. So, uh, I go make the play, and I never forget. We finna pull off in the J tell me, hey man, don't go down that way. The police down there, y'all nigga need to go the other way. I got there, cuz that man, fuck that. We good, nigga. Soon as we got there, bust a left on Ashby. The police whoop, hop, whoop. Behind, hop behind the nigga. Get locked. Then my first time ever going to the county jail. I get in the county, and the first nigga I see is a nigga I was beefing with. And then, and this nigga was mugging me so goddamn hard. I already knew, like, man, here come the bull. Here come the bullshit. And then, and, and, and we we in processing, and like, in 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 two three hours, I already see two fights. Nigga, this head knocked that over a snicker ball. <laughs> and then, and then, goddamn, it's five thirty in the morning. I see a nigga coming out with his head wrapped up, blood. I'm like, boy, nigga got it. I got his head but early in the morning. I'm like, bro, come on, man. So I'm just in that bit, and then, you know, nigga go through the little shit, get processed. And I'm in that bit with a nigga. He, been, he, he, he get transferred to there, but he, they finna ship him out to prison. But he tell me he been locked down like eight, nine years. But he kicking to me like, OG shit, just real shit, man. Young blood, you don't need to be in there, motherfucker. This ain't no play for you. Ooh, 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 ooh. You know what I mean? And, and, and I just remember at that point, like, man, I gotta goddamn, I gotta find a way to get out these streets or this shit gonna kill me, man. I already lost my daddy to this shit. I lost my uncle to this shit. I lost my homeboy to this shit. I get out and start the process of changing my life. I bumped my heads, I bumped my heads a few more times, but eventually I got out of that shit. But a lot of a lot of that just being in those positions where your back was against the more my back was against the wall, I ain't never fold. I always stayed silent. So I think that shit is very important. And me personally, 
people may think different, but I think it's more important than the street smarts. I mean, I think it's more important than the book smarts, having street I smarts. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because so. even with the street smarts, even in corporate America, like you learn, because we've learned this game so early in our life, we know how to deal with the politics that go on at mm-hmm. work. We know, in, even um, in a situation last year when I actually lost my job, um, I actually had to go back to those roots of like knowing how to survive. Like, okay, I know I need some quick cash. Let me hit this Uber real quick. Or I know I can't be spending money on this. So, you know what? Let me eat a bowl of cereal at the house. So, it's it's those small things mm-hmm. that you learn as a kid. Like, that's one thing I'm grateful for about being born and raised in Oakland City, in the hood, in the inner city. Because I feel like if I had been born outside, like in and the suburbs. Spoon. Yeah, and Silver Spoon all my life. I wouldn't have that same hustle. Mm-hmm. That's not to say people who lived in the suburbs um, don't have that, but it's different. It's, it's different. It's totally Just different. It's totally blank, blank different. Period. But a lot of them niggas lost. I used to see a lot of niggas when I was growing up, and I met dudes. I'm talking about nigga used to, and and, and to this, and, and right now, and I'm JB all the way 100. I don't know. Right now, everybody kind of making it seem like Clayco and Riverdale and all this shit was the hood. Man, growing Who up. Who making it sound like that? Man, but, but growing up, man, I'm from the real A. I'm born and raised in Atlanta. Right. That, that yeah. shit was never the motherfucking hood. It Once wasn't. you go out there, nigga was living in nice they houses, living good. nice neighborhoods. Nigga didn't even have cul-de-sacs. They had cul-de-sacs. Yeah, right. nigga didn't. Went, so, and I used to meet a lot of niggas Well, we growing up well. I ain't got no, my daddy did. I had homeboys who mama was hooked on dope, never knew they daddy. Niggas got them taking care of their little brothers and sisters at 12 years. Niggas was out here because they had, we was out here hustling because, nigga, we didn't know how we were going to eat the next day. And I would mean niggas from the south side or the far east side where, nigga, your mama and dad in the house, y'all living in a nice, a nice house. Dry, house. Y- right. your, your folks got nice houses. Got their own bedroom. Yeah, but it was your, legit like the eight-mile eight freestyle. Yeah, like, yeah. this guy's a gangster. His real name is Clarence. Yeah, but your, <laughs> your, your mama giving y'all... They mama was giving them niggas money, and with they money, they want to go buy a box Chevy and a bomb of weed. Right. Like, bro, come on. Like, you're y'all, not even about this life. Like, nigga, y'all niggas trying to hustle and look gangster. When we was out here doing this shit, because we had to, and we trying to find ways out this shit. Mm-hmm. They doing it because they think it look cool. Yeah, like. You're doing it because I literally have to do this yeah, to survive. And I, and I never understood that right. shit. Right, and to that, that, that shit is so unattractive. I mean, even now, at this age, there's a lot of niggas out here that are still trying to portray this thug life, this hood life. And it's like, when you are really from that area, and when you really from that shit, you can kind of sniff that shit out. Like, this nigga's a whole fake thug out here. Like, recognize Right. And so, like, for me, I wasn't in the streets like that. Like, you know, Tonio clearly has a a completely different type of experience. We're all from the west side of Atlanta, but Tonio has a completely different experience. Like me, I'm not from the streets, but, you know, I grew up around that shit. My family, you know, like... I got cousins that's been through that shit that he explained, that he described. You know, I got cousins that have lived that life, you know, or whatnot. I have a cousin that is not here with me anymore, and I'm not even going to get into that because I ain't about crying on no podcast, you know what I mean? But, like, that shit changed my life because that was more like my brother. And he he's not here because of the streets. So, you know, I grew up seeing this shit, being around this shit, like, 
And I can tell when people try to fake the funk and act like that shit, I hate it. I cannot stand a motherfucker that try to act like they from the hood and they not. Because to me, it's almost like a mockery. We didn't grow up like, oh, yes, I love this struggle life. Like, we didn't grow up like that. So when (laughs) Right. So when y'all out here and y'all grew up in these nice two-story houses with your cuddle sex and your your parents having the nice cars and shit, your parents are both college educated, bringing in racks. You know what I'm saying? And y'all sitting up here trying to act hood and shit like that. I can't stand that shit. Even at this age, it still pisses me the fuck off. But in college, let me tell y'all, in college at West Georgia, it was a <laughs> lot of false ass motherfuckers there. And it it used to piss me the fuck off. Like, you didn't live the life that I lived. You didn't grow up how I grew up. And you out here trying to act like you did. You know, I, I can't stand that shit. Even to this day, and I can't stand a nigga that act like he a hood nigga. Nigga, you ain't never lived in the hood. Get the fuck out my face with that. <laughs> but, you know, that goes into how important is it to have street smarts in comparison to book smarts. You know, me, I did go to college. Me, I did go to grad school. And that is important. I think that's important on paper, though. A lot of people look at, oh, she got this. You know, a lot of people, oh, you got a degree in IT. That shit is cute on paper, but... Like Chris said, you know, Lord forbid, if I lose my job, then what? If that's all I had for myself, then I'd be lost because I got my master's degree in 2014. It's 2018 now. You know, to a company or whatever, that might not mean shit because that's old and obsolete. So for me, you know, street smarts is incredibly important because like Tonio said, it gives you that hustle. You know, you grow up, you know how to survive. You have survival skills. So in that case, something like that happens. You know how to turn around and and make the best of your situation. You know how to survive, essentially. You know what I'm saying? You know how to even finesse shit. Like, you know, people might look at me like, oh, light skin, long hair, glasses, this, that, and the other. But don't ever get this shit fucked up. (laughs) I like the nerd boy she put on. (laughs) (laughs) That that was cute. That was cute. (laughs) I'm just saying, don't ever get it fucked up, though. I, I I know how to make way out here, you know what I'm saying? So that's important for me. And as far as having a mate, it's also important. Like, I don't want no square-ass man. And that's not to say, you know, men, if y'all weren't born in this street like that, is that's okay. You know, that's that's you. That's Just your, don't try to act, don't like, try to act like it. But at the same time, I have to have somebody that has some some kind of street smarts. Like, you ain't got to be no whole gangster where you live this um whole dope boy life and this, that, and other. You don't have to be that way. But if you have zero street smarts, we're not going to click. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be things we talk about and it's going to it's gonna just irritate me. And, you know, honestly, I, I've been through that where I kind of, you know, dated people that didn't necessarily have street smarts like that. And... I can honestly say that 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 wasn't necessarily the best thing for me, you know? So I have to have somebody with street smarts. Book smarts is important too, but as I've gotten older, you know, I've learned that it's not as important. Like when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, my nigga got to have a degree. I got to have a nigga that's college educated and whoop, 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 you know? And that's all good. But at the same time, that college education don't mean that this nigga going to be a good nigga. It don't mean that he going to bring in a certain amount for the family. You know, sometimes the college education, it it can go far, but only if you know how to use it. Okay, it still seems like you got to have the hustle and the you drive. You still got to have the hustle and the drive because there's some people out here who have bachelor's, master's, even doctoral degrees that ain't doing shit for their life that, you know what I'm saying? So... That is not as important. You know, I can date a dude that 
only has, you know, that graduated from high school and that he he out here and he making way and he doing big shit at his job or whatever like that. So that needless to say, street smarts is important to me. It's more important to me than book smarts because book smarts essentially is on paper and I don't necessarily have to have somebody that looks good on paper I look good on paper you know what I'm saying that's I look look good anyway (laughs) I was about to say the same thing no matter where I go I'm gonna look good I look good on paper I look good with clothes on clothes off I look good on Instagram Facebook all that I mean hey hey I mean so as far as educational levels and dating in my past life, um, this nigga said like he been in reincarnated in the past. <laughs> <life>. <laughs> uh, in the past, um, I always strive to date a balance um, girls who had something and could also like get their hustle on in the street, um, not in the street street, but just in life. Um, so that was my thing. I just wanted someone who could be a balance of both. So, I mean, well, how important then are educational levels in dating? So, aside from the street smarts, like, you know, say, for instance, Tonio, for you, how important is it for a woman that you're dating to have a certain level of education? Or on the flip side, you know, how have you seen it to be important, like women that you're dating, you know, once they get to know you and know your story, have you had experiences with women where, it's like they may have a bachelor's degree or a master's or a PhD or whatever, and then they know your story, and it's like they like, nah, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? What's your experience? It's with always that? been hard for me to find that balance because I don't mind dealing with a woman that has all those experience, but most of the time, the women that has all those, you know, experiences and has achieved that much far as educational wise haven't necessarily came come from the background I've come from. So it's hard for them to understand me. So that's what we always clash because they always on this, you know, it's good to be optimistic and hopeful, had this half glass full mentality, but it's like they never understand understand why I think the way I think. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I dealt uh, I, I dealt with a I dealt with a female where I tell, I, I keep it real. She, she was like, why you always carry your gun everywhere? And I was like, man, there's so much shit that I'm seen and I'm happened to me. Well, I feel like if I don't got this motherfucker, I can get caught in a situation where this shit can cost me my life. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And and they don't and they don't understand that. And then just like I don't like the, I don't like being in the spotlight or being in big crowds. I like staying low key, so because I. That just in my mind, I'm like, man, I don't want a nigga to see me. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I think. So it's like just finding that balance. Because I, w- I want a woman who's a, a go-getter, who's a hustler, who will do this shit. But she also got to understand where I'm coming from, why I say, we can't do this. We can't do this. Hold on on that. Hold on on that. And they don't understand that. Like I'm like, man, you everybody is not like you. You can't expect everybody to be friendly have good intentions. I'm like, man, you gotta step you gotta step back and and observe the situation and read a person Mm -hmm. before you just go head in and and giving the motherfucker all this goddamn credibility or whatever the case is and expect them to do the right thing. And I think a lot of females that haven't came from that type of environment, they can't weed that out. And then when they get with a nigga like me, 
who's weeding it out and kicking this shit to them, a lot of them take it as you're being controlling. You're trying to tell them what to do. <laughs> you try. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to look out for the. I'm like, cause you in. I'm like, you in a world where everything is good. Right. I've been in a world where everything is bad, and this shit exists. Right. You have in your mind, this shit not even existed. So I'm trying to help you just understand, like we got to do certain things to be able to survive and move on, you know, and get past this shit. I'm like, man, let's just seclude ourselves. We could put ourselves in a bubble if we damn can, but. And that be the that that be the hard thing with it because it, cause a lot of the females that's been through the shit I've been through, a lot of them still had, I ain't saying all of them, a lot of them still had that same mentality and I'm not there no more. You know, I got kids I'm trying to take care of. I do take care of my mama, my sister, just my family in general. Shit, hell myself. You see what I'm saying? So I ain't trying to do all that dumb shit to get me fucked up, to get me killed, to get me locked up. I'm trying to be out here living surviving and living good while I'm here. Living good. It's living my best life. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it's like, I, the, the ones, most of the ones that can relate to me and understand me ain't really good for me. True. And the ones that are good for me. Can't relate and they, can't understand. Exactly. So yeah, it's like. That's we, interesting. I know that'll be tough. Like, well, speaking of tough, like with Chantrice, you have your bachelor's, you have your master's. Uh, most women, especially of, of color, are getting to that place or are already at that place where they already have such and such. They have their own car. They have their own house. They have these degrees. How is it for you as a young lady, young African-American lady, as far as educational goals? Like um, it, with dating, that is. With dating, like I said earlier, like... I used to be in that space where I'm like, oh, nigga, gotta have a degree. He gotta kind of be on my level or higher. To me, I don't really look at that so much now. I don't place a lot of emphasis on the educational, you know, we're talking academically. I don't place a lot of value on that per se because, like I said, it's people out here that have that education that, you know, are not good for me or that don't really have shit going for themselves or whatever. So, like, the relationship I was in, you know, he graduated, he had a, a bachelor's degree and everything, good job, all of that, but we don't mesh, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's why we're not together. We don't mesh. But, like, since then, the people that I've dated, I've dated dudes that have already graduated, you know, with a bachelor's degree or whatever that might have went to school later in life and obtained a bachelor's degree and, you know, that don't even have a bachelor's degree, just back in school trying to get one. So I've dated, you know, a variety. And for me, the education is not important. I look more so at the drive and the ambition that that man has, where he is now, where he's trying to go. And if it's genuine, you know what I'm saying? Because a person can easily say, oh, I want to do this in life. I want to do that. They can they can explain and show this whole glamour that they, they're trying to get towards, but they're not making moves to get there. That's the important thing for me, that somebody is out here essentially hustling legally, and you know that you know is trying to better themselves you know not only for them but for their future you know their future family that's important to me um I guess too though the thing on the flip side is that sometimes I do feel like men can be intimidated because like Chris said all of these things you know that I have as far as education goes or even material. And I think we talked about that in a previous episode, but I, sometimes I do feel that 
that is a factor. Like when I first start to dating somebody or getting to know them, I don't necessarily throw out that, oh, I have a master's degree. You know, if it comes up in a conversation, I'm going to be honest and transparent because sometimes I'm an open book anyway. But, you know, I don't, that's not like a key thing where I got a nigga, I got a master's degree. And like I said, I got that shit four years ago. The stuff that I learned in grad school, I'm almost certain that most of it's obsolete because of the way technology has evolved. So my master's degree is good on paper and on that on paper shit can only go so far. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent, you can only put on so much of a facade with your paper. So, you know, I mean, so to that, you know, with me saying intimidating, has it ever been intimidating for y'all dating women that are, you know, I guess more, I don't want to say, I'm definitely not going to say more successful because I think success was a mindset and it has nothing to do with education, but more successful on paper, you know? Nope. Yeah, it never bothered me. It never bothered me. My my personality is so strong. Well, I honestly, I don't like, man, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be good with or without your ass. Right. Mm-hmm. I, like, I've been through too much shit in my life and I know how to survive and I, it's a reason why I'm here. Right. right. So I'm like, either we going to get together and we going to team up and be even better, or you can get the fuck on. I don't need you. Right. Uh, like, a lot of these niggas be needing these Yeah. Females. Oh, right. boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get into that. It <laughs> <laughs> be a whole nother segment <laughs> yeah, for my Yeah, head. like, I don't need your motherfucking name. I'm going to be good with or without you. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it happen. You see what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to die trying. Mm-hmm. And, and so that shit never intimidated me. So it's like, I hope I don't ever get a female that try to throw throw that shit in my face, cause I might make her ass feel so bad about that shit, just for the simple fact like that shit ain't nothing. And I was thinking the same thing. Like it never, I knew that me being Chris Moore, I'm a charmer. <laughs> I didn't care nothing about what somebody it had going on. It would not be a complete episode without Chris throwing in his cockiness in there. And I do say my name in, uh, what's that, third person? Yeah, I say it in third person. Yeah, Chris Moore did not care or was intimidated at all by any women um, that he has encountered. Um, I would go on record and say I dated a girl who was in medical school, medical school to be a surgeon. She's now a surgeon at John Hopkins. Um, I, there, there's just been women I've dated who had more success on paper, a better resume than me. Um, I didn't have too much going on at one point in time. At one point in time, I didn't even have a car, but I was still like dating different oh, girls. I remember that time. Hey man, great times. Uh, <laughs> great time. I we wish Uber was on, around then. We used to hop on Marta and go to Perimeter yeah. and shit, but those were good times. I wish though. Uber was around then because I would have capitalized on some more. But this nigga would have been at about 200 bodies. Man, yeah. and, and, and he, you made me think you said hop on Mark. Man, that's what some of the best times of my life. Some of the best times. I, I was, and, and free my nigga, man. My, 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 my nigga, he locked up in the feds, man. My nigga doing 20 years right now. But me and my nigga used to meet up at the goddamn Marta station. I ain't gonna lie, we were skipping school. <laughs> I was going to night school at the time. We were skipping school. But it was just so fun just to to live free in a sense. To be free spirit like, man, we finna goddamn go to the mall. We wasn't buying a goddamn thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's we how it just, was when we were younger. You just go to the mall to hang out with your friends and yeah, shit. Like, it's like, that shit there, man. It, it, it's like how 
How life turned, man, is crazy. You know, that shit is crazy. For real, for real. But like you said, it was just just enjoying the moment. Yeah. Enjoying life. Do we really enjoy life right now? I'm loving life. Um, it's another day above Yeah, the I mean, like for me personally, yeah. But I think there are a lot of people out here who are just alive and, and not living. They're you know, existing. It, it, yeah, they're existing. Like, yep. it, it's a difference. And that that's, that's definitely important. And, you know... I ain't going to get into that because that'll be a whole nother thing. But it is definitely important to actually take a step back and live life because life is incredibly short. Like I said earlier, you know, I lost my cousin to the streets. That shit changed my motherfucking life. Like that, you know, I've lost family members before, but, you know, as we get older, we lose people. And sometimes you know when somebody is about to go and you can kind of prepare for it. Right, right. That shit it changed my life. We, like, it made me view life in a whole different perspective. And that cry, I've been knowing her so long. We was here through the mystery. I remember when that shit happened. I, I know she remember when that shit happened to me when mm-hmm. I lost my daddy. Like, I, I remember all these things. Man. Yeah, it, it makes you value life more. And, you know, because here today, going tomorrow, you never know. Like, I will never, ever, ever forget that phone call. That shit had me so fucked up. I couldn't even sleep alone for, like, months. I used to have to go sleep in my mama's bed. Like, I couldn't. It, it really fucked me. Even to this day, it's been, like, almost nine years, and I can't even delete my cousin number out of my phone. Like, it just, it it really, it changed my perspective on life. Like, all of this bullshit y'all be out here on, all of this petty-ass beef, life too it, short man. for that it shit, man. Ain't, ain't nobody got take, time for that. Take care of your kids. Take care of your woman. Take care of your mama. And tell like, your people how you feel. Tell your people you love them. You know, like, my last time seeing my cousin was the day I graduated from West Georgia, um, December 12, 2009. That was the last time I saw my cousin alive. The next time I saw him was January 2010 in a casket. Like, that, that's the worst Damn. feeling. I can't explain that feeling to nobody. Like, I wouldn't even wish that feeling on on the, the family of the people that took him away from here. You know right. what I'm saying? So, it's just really important for y'all to, like, live life. Like, we out here working for these jobs, slaving ourselves for these jobs, and can't go nowhere. People can't travel because they got to work because this, that, and the other. Man, fuck that shit. Life Make shit. Time. And, and I'm going to tell you, when she say that, it made me think. The last time I seen my daddy, you know that nigga words was to me. I remember I was I was laying down in my sister room on her bed. He opened the door, said, "Man, I'm finna go to the grocery store, man. I'm finna get some all oh, some food and shit for that. I'll be right back." I ain't never seen him again. Mm-hmm. The last vision I have of my cousin, I just remember him at graduation, me looking for my family, you know, turning around like, where the fuck they at? And you know, I spot him out just like waving his hands and shit, and then like my little. Um, after graduation celebration, he let me have it at his house and everything. He was trying to get me to go to Club Blaze and shit with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my cousin, I miss the fuck out of him, man. Like, even, I just feel like even things in my family will be a little different. Like, me and my other cousins aren't the way we used to be. And I just feel like it'll be different if my cousin was here. That was like my brother. Like, our relationship was more than just, we are first cousins, but that was legit like my motherfucking brother. So, yeah, y'all, y'all, life is short. Life is short. These are Life is hey, short, hey, so. Man, hey man, and I'm. Don't don't mind us if we getting to leave emotional right now. I'm <laughs> right. fucked up on that goddamn drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know that liquor make a nigga emotional. Yeah, yeah you, right. have you ever got drunk and just tell you tell all your partners, man? man I love, I love y'all. y'all. I be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
probably done did that a couple of times. Man, I, I was love more of a y'all. drunk texter. I love y'all. Yeah, drunk texting too. I, I'm, oh, I ain't going to wing or get into that. I, mean, I, I, drunk love, I love y'all niggas. Hey, when the nigga say that to his partner, especially being a nigga, oh, you know <laughs> oh, yeah, it's real then. It's real. Yeah. It's real. I, I mean, I be that way too. I'm like, man, I really love y'all. This, that, and the other. I, you know, I get, I get a little sensitive sometimes, you know. But... Um, to wrap up, like, I think out of all everything we've said, you know, this hasn't been our typical episode. We're not going back and forth debating on the male view, the female view on like the whole dating and stuff like this. We've kind of given our listeners more of an in-depth view of our lives and, and, you know, the things that we went through to get to where we are. So let's bring it back full circle though. What kind of advice would we give to our listeners in regards to the things that we have discussed today? Um, Tonyo, one of y'all. I'll take it. Um, my advice would simply be, on one end, I want to say shoot your shot no matter what, um, because at the end of the day, the the worst shot is the one that you don't take. And I say that to say, uh, go for it. I don't really have anything else other than that. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, but I mean, I, I mean, you can. I can't tell you what kind of advice to give, but, you know, we've talked about these educational levels and you're talking about shooting your shot. You shot your shot with somebody that, you know, you say you were never intimidated by a woman having, you know, a higher educational level than you, but you went ahead and shot your shot at someone who was aspiring to and closer to getting on a higher educational level. You know, like what kind of advice do you have for listeners in regards to that, you know, as far as, dating somebody with different educational backgrounds or street quote-unquote street smart backgrounds don't be intimidated at all because at the end of the day that person still has to come home and still have still has to have that feeling of being secure still have that feeling of being loved and that's one thing that i brought to the table um well not the love part but (laughs) that's one thing i brought to the table in my past with dating young women who had a little bit more than me um just be secure in knowing who you are and knowing that where you are right now is not the finished product of where you're going to be. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, so I guess I kind of take it from there and say, you know, from the point of view of someone who is college educated and for those of you, you know, I guess on that struggle bus, whether you have, you know, a college degree, you're trying to get back into college or um, finish school or whatever the case might be, and then dating somebody with a higher or lower educational level, it kind of goes back to what Chris says, don't be intimidated. Like, at the end of the day, somebody can have more on paper, and I do stress that whole on paper because I've heard that shit said before, and it's like, to me, that whole on on paper, it's just bullshit to me because at the end of the day, somebody can look good on paper but be a horrible-ass person. Somebody cannot necessarily have a higher education but be a great-ass person, so just focus more so on seeing a person for who they are and also I guess like we all have struggles we have went through to get where we are and we we all probably still have struggles right now trying to get to where we want to be so at the end of the day don't look down on somebody who doesn't have the same education level as you and don't be intimidated by somebody who has a higher education level than you and so I pass it to you Tonyo mine is man keep your faith in God Amen. Like that's a good one, brother. Amen. Yeah, shit. Keep your uh, like. I I got through so much 
I mean, so much in my life just by keeping my faith in the Lord. You know, just staying positive. You know, no matter how much all the bullshit is, I mean, all the bullshit that you go through and everything like that, man, keep your faith in the Lord. Like, for real, for real. That shit has got me through so much. And to my ladies, just... If you meet a nigga like me or even meet me, just try to understand. <laughs> don't even meet he me. is shooting his shot. Yeah, okay. like, just, just, just try to understand. You know, try to talk to a nigga. See where his mind is. See where his heart is. And, you know, and, and I never I never prejudge anybody because I'm going to be so real. I got a lot of wisdom from homeless niggas on the streets. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and, they and, be smart as shit. And, and, and it, it's some people that... Just walk past them and look at them mm-hmm. like like they nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They weren't always there. Exactly. And I and 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 I've got a lot of wisdom from people like that. Like, don't be so judgmental. You know, don't 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 be so quick to just ick somebody out. Just you know, just 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 have that loving spirit, man. Just, like I said, at the end of the day, just keep your faith in the Lord, man. That should have take you so far. Amen. say everything is love, baby. <laughs> and with that said, we're going to wrap up this episode. We hope that y'all got something out of it. You know, be sure that if you haven't subscribed to us, leave us a review, rate us, all of that good stuff. And if you have anything that you want to, you know, comment or you want to send us your individual stories about this or anything that you've heard, you can always email us at battleofthesexespodcast.com. Make sure y'all are following us on Instagram at Battle of the Sexes Podcast. And until next time, we wrapping up. And we at this bitch, man. Hey. Goodbye, people. <laughs>